We're going to go to the book of Judges, chapter 6. Chapter 6. And we're going to read about a very famous man there today. Amen? Amen. And uh, if I were to title this message today, hallelujah. If I were to title this message today, the title of my sermon would be, It Was Only God. It was only God. Tell your neighbor it was only God. Come on, tell him it was only God. Say that like you mean that. It was only God. I want you to think about that thing, that it. You see, the, 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 the topic suggests in the it that there is something there that happened or is going to happen or you need to happen. Y'all with me today? And you have concluded that this it, if it is going to happen, you need something bigger than you. Right. You need something bigger than your job. Right. You need something bigger than your bank account. Mm -hmm. You need something bigger than, than, than America. You need a power greater than yourself. And you realize that whatever it is, if it is going to happen, it's going to be because of only God. Amen. So I want you to say that to your neighbor today. Say, it is only God. It is only God. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have circumstances like that in our lives. Mm -hmm. Come on. Somebody's been sick before. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it was only God. Hallelujah. Somebody's facing a, 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 a something that the doctor has said. Many people have been in a situation. Maybe, maybe your health was compromised and, and you were uh, uh, on the way, hallelujah, to, to, to passing away. But somehow God said, it wasn't time for you to go. It was only God. Hallelujah. I don't know. Maybe somebody should have been dead today. Hallelujah. And you can say, it was God who kept me. Hallelujah. Yeah. Somebody's been looking at hard times. And uh, 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 the Lord just opened up a door where you went from hard times to good times. I got a witness in the house. Come on, somebody. And you know it wasn't anything about you. Right. You know you didn't even qualify. Right. You know it wasn't. It had to be God. Because many people have done the same thing you have done. And they did not get what you've got. God opened the door. Right. I don't know who I'm talking yes. to. Maybe yes. somebody knows him today as Jehovah Jireh. Maybe he provided for somebody yes. today. Yes. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody know him as a healer. A way maker. Yeah. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me today. Somebody, somebody today could have been lost today. Somebody know him as a savior. Yeah. Somebody was sinking deep in sin and nothing could have convinced you otherwise. It was only God who stepped in. Yeah. And I'm so grateful today that whatever that it is in your life, God is able yes. to do the impossible. But oftentimes we run into trouble, Sister Sherry, because after it is accomplished, we forget that it was God. We start to logically look over the situation and say, maybe it happened because I was so smart. Right. Come on, somebody. Maybe it happened because of, you know, somebody been healed of some disease. Then you start to look, maybe it's something I ate. Maybe it's the gym. Maybe it was just gas. 
You start to reason away the hand of God in your life. Maybe I'm just a genius. That's how the doors are opening. Let me tell you something. That's the mistake we made. When God's hands is moved on our lives, we start to move God out and start to try to put ourselves in place. Never forget that anything you will ever be in life is because God has allowed it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I, 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 I am so grateful that we serve a God. Hallelujah. Who is able to do great things in men. One time a preacher was being introduced and they gave him all the flowery introductions, Sister mm-hmm. Sherry. They said, come into the stage, the, the, the doctorate, the this, the that, and all the credentials. The great man of God. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's a great man of God, he goes from man to man. Hallelujah. You got to be in the church to understand right. that. When you, when you are now a man of God, you have arrived. When you are a man of God, you are. Right. But when you are a man of God, you feel the power, right? Hallelujah. Ain't no power in that. Hallelujah. And the man of God got up and they said, welcome the great man of God. And the man got up so humbly and he said, I want to tell you something. I am just a man who serves a great God. I am not a great man. But I have a great God. God works through people whose lives, hallelujah, seem insignificant. And he does great things. The Bible is not a book about great men. Everybody aspires to be the men in the Bible. I want to be like the God in the Bible. Of course, I could never take his place, but I want his heart. That's why the Bible said this about David. David is a servant after my own heart. The way my heart beats, his heart beats the same. And so I thank God for Moses and all the other great people. But I am more impressed with the God of the Bible that can work through men who weren't even qualified. Who weren't even, who were counted out. That's the God we serve. Which brings me to my scripture today. We're going to look at such a man. And I'm going to take my time and preach this today. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about a man by the name of Gideon. The original 300. Y'all ever seen the movie 300? This where they got it from. Well, maybe not. But Gideon rolled with 300 men and did mighty works for the Lord God. And so we go to his story today. And the Bible says in the book of Judges chapter 6. And we're going to go from about verse number, throw it up. Let me see what verse we're going to go from, where where you got it. Uh, Probably verse (laughs) 1. Hallelujah. Okay, then. Here we go. The Israelites did evil. Can God's people do evil? (laughs) Yes, we can. Sometimes we do it better than the world. You ever see Christians in a club? You know he a Christian. Why you clubbing so hard? When, when people who got no business sinning start to sin, they go extra hard. Why you taking more? Cl- Never mind. Why you? Y'all ever seen a? It, they just awkward. You just know he don't belong here. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Hallelujah. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. It is a sad thing when the people of God 
Forget all that God has done. And, and, and incidentally, this goes back to what I was just saying to you. It is possible for God to bring you out of Egypt and bring you through a wilderness and do mighty exploits in your life and you forget all that he's done. And you begin to give credit to every other thing except who God was. Yeah, yeah. And the Bible says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And whenever you want to live your own way, God is a gentleman who takes his protection and everything that comes with God back. And the Midianites begun to take over the children of Israel. Look what the Bible says. Go on. And because the power of Midian was so oppressive... How many of you know that without God, whatever's left is oppression? Right. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. You see, I'm not worried about systems and all of that right now. Sometimes the oppression of sin is so great on people's life. Oh yeah, you wake up every day with a tape of oppression in your life. Nobody there, it's in your mind. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And because of the power, it was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts. In caves. Do y'all see this? In strongholds. They begun to hide. You know, sometimes when you are living in a, in a, in a, in a, in a place where God's will ain't, you're going to find yourself in some dark caves. Yeah. In some dark areas. Yeah. And you're going to find yourself hiding. Not knowing why you're hiding. Mm -hmm. just, just scared of life. Fear creeps in. I want you to know today that without God, fear dominates your life. But the Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear. Right. Now, you must understand that. I think I was explaining, me and Brother Barack were talking about this. There's a difference between fear that is naturally present in your life. Right. If you're going to walk off a cliff, yeah. you better have some type of fear present there to tell you, hey, buddy, you ain't got wings. <laughs> you walk right. off the cliff, you're going to be deady dead. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor going to be dead, dead if you walk off the cliff with no wings. Nobody want to tell their neighbor. <laughs> but the truth is, though, if you walked away from the cliff and you got in the car and all you kept thinking about was, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Now that is not natural fear. That is a spirit of fear. And many people, when they leave, when you are not in the presence, this is why you got to worship yes. throughout the week. Yes. God can't be a Sunday experience yes. Yes. because yes. fear don't attack you just this day. Right. How many of you know on Monday morning, tomorrow, yes. Yes. the enemy is there waiting, hallelujah, yes. Yes. with a lot to bring up against oh, you. Yes. He's got family problems yes. that aren't going to call that, yes. amen, hallelujah. That job, whatever's going to happen, he's going to bring up COVID again. He's going to yep. bring all these stuff up again to make you think you can't live for him and you can't live life more abundantly. And you sit there. Some of you just pull a sheet over and sleep till three o'clock and then wonder why life is messed up. Get in the presence of God. Yes. How many of you know worship is where God begins to do his therapy in your life? Yes. When you begin, come on, hallelujah. Yes. You see, if your iPod is filled with, uh, 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 I don't know who, uh, 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 uh. 
MC Little Big, hallelujah, and Little Small, and, and, and Little Big Small, Biggie Small, Big Small, and Tall, if that's what you pumping in your brain, don't ever wonder why the spirits that come into your mind and attack you, attack you. If all you consume right, right. is things that is not of God, yeah. and you don't got no worship, yeah. you don't got some hill song in the cut, right. you don't got some elevation in the cut, right. you don't got some Richie Wright in the cut, hallelujah, right, you need right, some right, of that, some right. miracle working God, yeah. hallelujah, you don't have have that pumping in your brain to tell you that God is a miracle working right. God. That if he said it, you can believe it. Right. That, that you're a man of your word. Right. Hallelujah. Right. If you don't got that, this is where you are in caves. Right. I'm going to pay my next bill. Right. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so there's yeah. two types of Christians. There are Christians who are hiding in the cave. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm gonna, when's my next bill going to come? Is God going to come through for me? What's going to happen to my family? I don't know. You don't understand. My marriage is Where's my life going to go? Is anything ever right. going to change? But then there's some believers like, everything falling apart, but I'm happy. Right. Everything going crazy, but I'm here. What, 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 what do you know? I know that if he said it, that yes. settles it. Yes. If God has spoken a word, yes. hallelujah, yes. you can take that to the bank. I want somebody to know that if God said something, he can do it. The problem is if you're not in the presence, you wouldn't know how big he is. If all you stare at is problems, they get big. Anything you magnify becomes bigger. Ever had a magnifying glass? Yeah. You give that to a little kid, they're like, Dad, look how big this ant is. The ant ain't big, you just magnified it. Right. Whatever you magnify yep. becomes big, even if it ain't. Right. And so the, they were hiding in caves and yeah. strongholds. Look at this, go on, go on, go on. Go on, hallelujah. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. Took their stuff away. And they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. And did not spare a living thing for Israel. This is what happens when you walk out of the presence of God. He takes everything that comes with him from you. You're going to have to defend yourself now. Mm. Look at this. And neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. Go on. And they came up with their livestock in their tents like swarms of locusts. And it was impossible to count them on their camels. They this is a lot of people. They're coming in like swarms of locusts means this is a lot of yeah, people. Yeah. And every year they come up and they do this to Israel. For one reason. Israel is still serving false gods. Right. This could turn around if Israel's heart changed towards God. Yeah. That's why the Bible says, if my people, y'all yes. ain't saying nothing to me. Yep. This could turn around. Yep. Yep. A lot of things could turn around yes. if the people of God begun to turn to their God. Yeah. And look at this. He said it was impossible to count them on their camels. They invaded the land to ravish it. And Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Now you're getting Sometimes God allows the situation because he needs you to cry out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't going to change until you get to crying out. And they cried out to the Lord for help. And look at this. And when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, look, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you. I brought you. I brought you. It was I who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you. 
y'all seeing this? I rescued you from the land of the Egyptians. And I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. But watch. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, not Oprah, that belonged to Joash, the, uh, the Abiezrite, where his son, Gideon, was threshing wheat, watch this, in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. I'm going to take my time right there. I want to introduce you to Brother Gideon. Somebody say Gideon. Gideon. Gideon is my boy. Yeah. I love Gideon. He got his name on a Bible. <laughs> right. Sidebar. Y'all ever had a Gideon Bible? Yeah. I, okay, never mind. Come back. Gideon. The Bible introduces to this judge of this character who is going to rule over Israel for a little bit. Not yeah. really rule, but God was going to use him mm -hmm. to bring deliverance. Yeah. And the Bible says this is how we meet him. The situation is they got enemies surrounding them all over. They are, they are hiding in caves because food is scarce. Right. They don't have no sheep, no nothing, no nothing going on in their life. I don't know about you. Have you ever had a, a moment in your life where nothing was going on? You might not have been there, but there are people who understand what it means to not have anything going for them. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is popping in your life. No direction, no dreams, no nothing. And every time you try something, it fails. Yeah. Nothing happening in your life. You tried a marriage, it failed. Yeah. You tried another one, it failed. Yeah. Before you try number three, hallelujah. Come, let's pray. Hallelujah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You tried business. You tried this. Everything you try seems to back you into a cave. And look at how we are introduced to Gideon. Gideon is hiding with his grain and he's threshing grain. Now, when you thresh grain, you need open field. And as you thresh grain... You rightfully should have an animal helping you with it. As the animal walked around it, the grain would drop off and you would scoop it up and you would use it to make whatever. Right. But they don't have any animals. They don't have anything. I don't even know where Gideon found the grain. Right. Gideon must have been awesome. <laughs> Platinum, on somebody field, <laughs> caught some grain, and said, I'm going to thresh this. But he can't go out into the open to enjoy what God has blessed him with. Imagine not being able to enjoy in the open what God is doing in your life. And so he goes into a wine press. A wine press is not a threshing floor. Do you all see that? A wine press is a place that is off in a cave that has two levels where they would crush grapes. And at the bottom, y'all ain't understand what I'm saying. In other words, he is doing one job in a, in a, in a place that it doesn't belong in. Right. Because he's hiding. He's hiding. He's scared. He's, my man is in the wine press in a cave, threshing his grain and scooping it up quick. 
Because if a Midianite only rolled by that wine press, Gideon don't have nothing. Y'all didn't understand what I'm saying. This is bad. Nobody wants to live like this. And this is what the Bible says. This is the introduction of him. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak and Oprah and, that belonged to him in the winepress uh, where he was hiding from the Midianites. Look at verse 12. And then this is the most incredible part of the story. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, what's Gideon doing? He's hiding. He is scared. He has nothing going for him. And the Lord, the angel said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Hold on, wait a minute. If I was Gideon at that point, my mindset is, who, who else is here? Who, because you, you see me, you, first of all, you're in wine press and I'm threshing. I'm doing something in a weird place. My life situation has got me in an awkward place. Right. I'm in a place that it doesn't even make sense why I'm here, but life has got me just in this weird place, and I'm trying to survive, and I'm just trying to live my life, and I don't understand how I got here. Life pushed me here. I didn't ask for it. I just ended up here, and here comes God, and God says to him, you know, you a mighty man. A warrior. Gideon don't even know how to fight. Gideon don't know nothing about nothing. But God looks at him, a man who's hiding, and says, I have declared that you are mighty. I want you to know that's the kind of God we yeah, serve. Yeah. The problem is not what God says about us. Because from here on out, Gideon has this weird fiasco with the angel and with God. If it is God, can you prove it to me? Yeah. Give me a sign. And so the angel does some signs, and then he says, oh, he thought, oh, God, it is you. I met the angel of the Lord face to face, and uh, please spare my life. Then when the angel left, the next day he said, I wonder if it was really God. If it's you, wet this fleece, dry the fleece, wet the fleece, dry the fleece, wet the fleece. Dry. And God got to do all type of stuff to show him he was lucky God was patient enough. Now, a lot of you read Gideon's story, and you be on some God, if it's you, God, if it's you, make it rain. You ain't that fortunate. Don't you ever mess with your Christianity based on that. Because if, if the weather forecast ain't going to be hot, don't be on some God making rain. That no rain. See, God ain't with me. It's supposed to be hot. Y'all follow. God was patient with Gideon and did all of that. But, but, but you can see this man had a lot of self-doubt. Yet God says you're a mighty warrior. Yet God is saying this about him. You see, the problem is not what God says about you. The problem is, do you believe what he says about you? The problem is not what God has spoken in your life. The problem is you aligning with what he has spoken in your life. And a lot of us, the problem is God is saying things. He wrote a whole book over your life right. that you are blessed people, yeah. that you are his, yeah. that God is for you who can be against you, right. that God is on your side. Yeah. The problem is not the word. Mm. The problem is, can you get on the side of the word? Right. Can you begin to speak what the word says over your life? Right. I am the head and not the tail. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Oh, I am yeah. above and not beneath. Yeah. And whatever he's spoken in my life is what I'm 
going to say over myself. Right. The problem is never God's word. The problem is why when he says something, don't you believe it? Oh, and I know it's quiet in here, mm. but there are many believers who live like that. Yeah. God says, if you honor me, I'm going to bless you. But God, honoring you right now don't seem like the right business right. strategy. Right. I can make a whole lot more if I did this. Yeah. God says, if you honor me, if you put me first, yeah. if you trust me, yeah. if you do it for me, if yes. you did it my way, I will bless you. But God, uh, may, 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 maybe when you said did it, do it your way, you, you pull a page out of uh, Abraham's book. Maybe you want me to help you and right. maybe I should bring a Hagar right. into the situation. Right. I never said bring a Hagar into right. the situation. I said that I'm going to bless you if you do it my way. And oftentimes what we do is we don't get on the side of what God says. If God said it, it is God's job to bring it to pass, not mine. My job is to trust his word. That's where we fall short. Let me tell you something in here. If God has spoken something over your life, I came to tell every devil in hell, you can't stop what God has spoken over the people of God. Amen. You cannot stop what God wants Amen. to do in their life. The only people that can stop it is the people themselves. And so Gideon is there. Gideon said, wait a minute, who you calling mighty man? And the Lord said, you are a mighty man of God. I want you to know today that God don't speak about you the way you speak about your own self. Mm. Come on, somebody. I'm from the Caribbean. Caribbean people call you by your faults. Yeah. I went back to the Caribbean. Oh, man, they call you by your faults. If you, if you short, there's no, there's no diplomacy in the Caribbean. Shark man, come. You next. If you online. If you, if you, if you are, uh, 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 y'all know it, y'all don't make me say that this <laughs> right, American, right. I just feel so wrong. Right. They, they will call you if you, if you got a disease, they call you by the disease. That's the man, that's the diabetes man. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And the truth is America has been politically correct, but when we come off the political stage and we go home, we say the same things about people. We talk, you know, you know, you know, you know that girl. Yeah. You know that girl. <laughs> And men always call each other by their faults. If you've ever had a past, men will call you by your past. If you've ever done anything wrong, they'll call you by what you've done wrong. We live in what is called cancel culture, where something you did in 1978 can now be used against you. That's how men are. Men will find something you wrote in a diary as a child when you had no sense and say this is who you are and you can never change. Yeah. Let me tell you something. There's a, I know me. I've right. made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. If God were to ever expose all of my past, yeah. I'd be canceled, 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 and canceled. Right. Which one of us would not be canceled if God ever pulled back the curtain? Right. None of us is worthy. Right. But the truth of the matter is while men call you by your faults, God comes down and you look from Genesis to Revelation, you'll see it about him. When he wrestled Jacob, yeah. Jacob's name means schemer and supplanter and hustler. God struck him by the hip, said, what's your name? He said, I'm Jacob. He said, who told you that that's who you are? Your name today will be Israel, a yes. prince, a God wrestler. Yes. God is into changing names. God is into changing people. God is into calling you what you were meant to be, right. not what the world wants you to be. Yes. I am what God says I am. Yes. Listen, listen, people of God, when God opens a door for you, stop being intimidated. If God says it's for you, yes. walk in there like you belong there. I had to learn that. There were areas that God brought me in as a young preacher that I didn't look like I belonged. And I began to hear my voice. 
and I heard everybody else's voice. You don't deserve this. Right. You don't deserve blessings. Right. You don't deserve big. You don't deserve growth. You don't deserve this. This is where you deserve until God says, I never said any of those things in your life. I said if you submit your life to me, yes. Come on a journey that eyes have not seen, yes. ears have not heard. What I can do through you will blow your mind. Right. And I stop being intimidated. I stop apologizing for the things God do in my life. Right. If God be for me, right. I want to tell every devil in hell, who can be against me? Right. It's not what people saying about you. It's what God has said about you. Stop living in a pity party. Stop being sorry for yourself. Stop telling, no, because ain't nobody coming there to pick you out of it. People will call you and act like they care on the phone for 10 minutes. They don't care. They busy themselves going through fighting their own mind. Listen, let me tell you something. People don't, people don't owe you anything in this life, my brothers and sisters. But if you want your life to change, you got to have a fight in you. You better hold on that if God gives you a glimmer of hope to say you're a mighty warrior, take that to the bank and pull the sword out and start fighting your way out of the wine press. If you ever want to live and go to the threshing floor, get out the wall. Oh, my gosh. Y'all ain't say nothing to me in this building, but I came to preach. The devil ain't going to back the people of God in no wine press. We are mighty warriors. We got a God that if he be for us, who can be against us? Who am I talking to today in this house? I wish somebody who I'm talking to, if this is connecting to you, help the man of God out today. I want you to just stand on your feet for two minutes and just lift your hands and give God a praise for what he's done in your life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Give me a microphone. Give me your mic. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on in this house. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Somebody had a pass. Somebody made a mistake, but it was God. But it was God. Hallelujah. You should be called some names right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have went through a divorce. Somebody walked out on you. But God has not left you. He is not finished with you. You don't got you don't gotta run into caves and hide. You don't gotta hide. You don't gotta come on, somebody. Come somebody, somebody better worship God like they got that in their spirit. Somebody make up their mind that they're coming out of depression, coming out of anxiety. I am not scared anymore. I'm gonna live. Nothing is going to scare me. I am going to live. I am going, oh my gosh, who I'm talking to in this place. Somebody, I came to tell you, you're not going to die. The devil keeps telling you you're going to die. That nothing good will happen. The devil is a liar in this place. You will live. Look at me in this camera. You will live in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If God be for you, who can be against you? God says you a mighty warrior. That's all you need to hear. Not Gideon. Not Gideon. Not my guy Gideon. My guy Gideon started asking, can you wet, sit down, sit down. He started saying, can you wet the fleece and fix the, the hamper and open. Y'all know y'all be saying them prayers. Lord, if this is you. Y'all do that with marriage. Lord, if she's for me, 
Make, make her have green shoes on today. You see, when you pray those type of prayers, it shows that you ain't confident in the word he's spoken. It's not, okay, okay, I'm going to move on. Let me move on. And when the angel saw him, the angel said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Call him a mighty warrior. So let me tell y'all what happens from here. He does all of that, and then finally, God allows him to gather a small army, very small, 32,000 men. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? But not in comparison to people who come and they look like locusts. 32,000 can fit in a, not even pack out a football field. So I'm putting it in perspective for you. Locusts is the whole hood. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Locusts is... You cannot count the people. There's not enough football stadiums. And God gives him 32,000 men, and he's getting ready to fight with these men. Well, it's something, right? It's something. Until you get to the next chapter. Let's jump to the next chapter. Look at what happens. He's got his 32,000 men, and look at what God says in chapter 7. Amen? Uh, uh, Early in the morning... Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and you're going to know. So, so let me tell you why they call him Jerubbaal. Because you might be saying, why do they name the man of God after Baal? Because what happened is, the, the, in the chapter before, the way it ends is he begun after God had answered all of his signs, and he got the confidence, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he looked around, he saw his father had altars built to other gods. And the name Gideon literally means like a hacker. He didn't destroy the pipeline, but he was a hacker. Y'all with me still, right? And so, 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 so this hacker, why, 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 why it means that is because he went and he hacked up every idol that the people of Israel were worshiping to, to, to the other gods. And so he pulled them all out, but he did it overnight. The Bible says when they went to sleep. He creeped up on the altars, and he started kicking them down, breaking them down, and he would build up altars to God. The next morning they woke up, they said, who took down? Now these people are cowering in wine presses, and all of this negative stuff is happening in their life. But sometimes you're so attached to your tradition and culture that you still don't want to turn to God. You fight to keep the traditions and culture more than allow God to permeate your life. Mm -hmm. They woke up the next day and said, who did this to Baal? Mm -hmm. Who is the person that had the audacity to knock down Baal's God? And the people said, we think it's Gideon. (laughs) Gideon in the back like. What do you do when even the culture and your own people are against you? Let me tell you something. Living for God don't mean everybody's going to applaud your decisions. Sometimes when you decide to pull down altars in your life, you will feel like you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's the people of God themselves who will make you feel like you're wrong for living right. He too serious. Why it don't take all of that to serve God? You got to have fun too. You see that statement? You got to have fun too. You already have suggested that living for God is no fun. But I'm going to tell you this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
strength. The blessings of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrows. I'm going to tell you this. I've given my teenage life to the Lord. I've given my 20s to the Lord. I've given my 30s. I'm telling my age now. And I'm giving my rest. Hallelujah to the Lord. I do not have one regret. Every day with Jesus like the old folk says. I wish I had a witness in here. It gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. You begin to look back in your life and say like 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 uh, like, like like Solomon said that 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 in the days of your youth you are going to be thankful that you remembered the creator in the days of your youth so that when the days came when you were older there were no regrets in the young one. I don't look back and I'm not sorry about the alcohol I never drunk. I'm sorry about the beds I never slept in. I'm not sorry about why because I had oh y'all I had a I had a holy spirit that convicted me. I not could have overlooked it but I said I don't care what the culture is doing and I don't care what anybody else is doing it is my life and if I see what the outcome is of alcohol and drugs and promiscuity and lying and cheating what makes me think that I'll be the one to go through all of that and be happy and I said if God is for me I'm going to live right and I'm telling you today that the blessings of the Lord makes rich adds no sorrow that he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Hallelujah. I wish I had a witness in the house today. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, young people. You don't, you, you gonna live. I'm telling you, I'm at a sweet age right now. I'm at who? It's good, it's good. It don't mean they ain't got issues. Issues, each one of them got six box of tissues lined up outside. But I look at them and I tell them, ha. Ah, the same God who was with me in my young age is with me now. And I'm ready for whatever you bring now. He's a good God. And look, 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 look. The Bible says that they call him Jerubbaal. Now, how he got that name was after he hacked up everything and they said, it's Gideon. They said, well, then fine then. May Baal contend against Gideon. Thus the name Jerubbaal, meaning that he's contending against Baal. Yeah, yeah, that's the name I want. Right. Yeah, the yes. devil killer. Yeah, yes. yeah, the demon slayer. <laughs> Take it back to T-Bone and Christian hip-hop, slaying demons with the mic cord. I don't know how he did it, but he choked demons with the mic cord. Yeah, yeah, when you talk about me, yeah, yeah, I'm proud of the name, here comes the Christian. Yeah, yeah here comes the tongue talker. Here comes the one who's always got oil, hallelujah. Here come the anointed of the Lord. Ah, oh, he's anointed, you know, we gotta leave the room. Yeah, 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 that's me, yes. And I'm not ashamed because a lot of things they should be ashamed of. They're never ashamed of it. And they want to hold on to Baal's altars. They want to hold on to the things of the world. And that's what's causing the entire world to have to hide in caves right now. We are at the most blessed point in history in America. Most money. And people are cowering in this nation. And they're fighting to get back what they call normalcy and what their concept of normalcy is silence the voice of God and build up the pop stars and build up the culture and build it stronger and put new a new morality no longer now they tell you biology ain't even biology no more y'all ain't say nothing to me in this place yeah 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 I'm that guy yeah yeah 
Because you know what? You're going to see in this next verse. I'm gonna show, let me show you. Let me show you why I'm preaching like this today. This blessed me so much this morning. Look at this. Look, they said, the Jerubel, that is Gideon. And all his men camped at the spring of Harod. And the camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. Go on. And the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. Hey, God, listen, God. I'm, hold on, Lord. I know you said the mighty warrior thing. They got locust-sized people. Right, right. My enemies is a lot. See, I'm not talking to everybody today. Yes. My, like, Lord, my enemies is a lot, Lord. I got, like, depression over here. He got, like, four brothers. He got suicide. Right. Suicide. Depression come with suicide, anxiety. Who else? Who else they come with? Sleep. <laughs> Eat. Right. Overweight. Yes. Heart attack. Death. They all lined up over here. Over here, I got broke. <laughs> and, and, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> he just, broke, just choke. Right. Down here, I got loneliness. Y'all ain't saying nothing yes. to me in this place. Yes. They like, they like locusts. Right. Then over here, I got, I can't even, they, they banned me on Facebook, Lord. They banned me. They right. banned me on Facebook for being me. Zuckerberg, you made a mistake, bro. It really is me. <laughs> you, you got issues lined up. You got... And then the Lord tells you, you got too many with you. You're talking to too many people. Hang the phone. You're allowing too many voices in your life. Cut down the size of your arsenal. But God, you don't know. I need all these people. I need them. I need them. Get off Instagram. No, Lord, I need the likes. Get off Instagram. Get off. You got too many likes. No, God, you're supposed to have a lot of likes. That's how it works. Too many. Well, why? Why you want to cut it down? Because here's what the Lord says. You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. They will begin to say, my own strength has saved me. And so what happens, remember I told you, it is not that it is God who does it. It is when God does it, you begin to start saying, no, it is I who did it. And he said, no, when I do something in your life, I'm going to make sure you know that it was me. Right. And sometimes you're wondering, God, why is it so lonely? Because God is trying to tell you, depend on me. And look, he said, you got too many men or Israel will boast that they did it in their own strength. Go on, go on. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. Everybody who's with you ain't got your heart. Right. And so, when Gideon stood up and said, hey, anybody scared? Go home. He thinking like five people going to go. God is just going to take 10. I only got 32,000. God is going to take maybe four. My man see the whole army. <laughs> 22,000 men said, hey, bro, you scared? Yeah, I'm scared. Too. Yeah, yeah. They rather go back to a wine press in a cave because they shook this battle.
Y'all ain't for Y'all ain't saying what I'm saying. I wish I had somebody who got some Holy Ghost in them who would look at the enemy and say, bring it on. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Preach with me here. The Bible says that the, 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 the Christian puts on the whole armor of God. He's got a helmet of salvation. He's got a shield of faith. He's got a he's got the breastplate of righteousness. He's got his loins girded with truth. He's got his feet shut with the preparation of the gospel. Notice he don't got nothing in the back. Hallelujah. Because the back, hallelujah, God is protecting him. And then finally, that's a lot of defense mechanism. Defense shield defense shield defense shield 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 but then he said hold on you just ain't gonna be defending all your life take up the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and so sometimes you got to shield some stuff but other times you got to slay something you got to speak the word of my man said who's scared and everybody says I ain't going to lie, bro. I don't even know why I came. Because they came in the first place. When they got there and they saw it, we really going to fight. Let me tell you something. That's the problem with believers. They talk a good talk until, until the heat comes. When the heat comes, really speak up for God. Really speak up for God. Now you're going to get canceled if you speak up for God. Really say something for the Lord. Really pump some worship music. Really stand for God in your home. When that heat comes... I ain't going to lie, bro. I don't think I got that in me. I'm going home. I'm comfortable in my wine press. You're going to live a wine press life if you're scared. And don't blame anybody if you live in a wine press life because nobody owes you nothing, y'all. <laughs> if I was Gideon, my heart would have left. I'd have been like, you too, bro? John, John, hey, John. You... Certain brothers, you'd be like, he got to go. But other brothers, you'd be like, you? Not you, no. You leaving too? If you scared, I'm sure. You know, like I look around this room, there's a particular brother that I feel, you know, I talk trash to anybody when he around, because, and that's Brother Barack. I'll talk trash to anybody if Barack is next to me. Barack always working out. You go on Zoomy in the gym. It's my man. He's the boxing bully. You understand what I'm saying? If I look around, I see Barack leaving. <laughs> if you leave, bro. Vince is a second option, but he don't even like me. You understand what I'm saying? My man, that's like me asking y'all, all y'all get up and leave. And leave. How many of you want to love the Lord? You're like, bro, I ain't even going to lie. I don't know why I came today. Twenty. <laughs> Two thousand men left, while ten thousand remain. All right, God, we gonna do with ten thousand. All right, we good. All right, never mind. Psych myself up. All right, ten thousand men. God can do it. God can do it. Ten thousand. We strong. Yo, y'all ready? Now announce to the army there's still too many. Oh Lord, Lord, Lord. There. What you mean, Lord? There are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. No. I'm not letting you do that. And if I say this one shall go with you, he shall go with you. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he ain't going. So Gideon, 
took the men down to the water. And there the Lord told him. Now, see, let me tell you something. When God is thinning out your life, you might not understand, but God sees what you don't. First of all, the first question was, who's scared? Gideon couldn't see that. But God knew he had 22,000 scared men. You know what panic people do in the middle of battles? You ever fight with somebody who can't fight? You ever try to jump somebody with somebody who's scared of the person you jump? And not that I know of this. Yo, do you imagine me, Stacy, me, like I would never go to fight any place with Stacy. She'll be in the car halfway home. Stacy would be like, you all right? I'll call and see if you made it out. I thought we were in this together, bro. Did you see the sword he had? Me? Not me. I don't deal with that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God saw what they, what he couldn't. God saw you're fighting with scared people. And that's more detrimental. But I got 10,000 strong men now. God sees what you don't see. Look at the test God said. Separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. So let me explain that. God brought 10,000 men to the water. And when he brought them to the water, he said, I want you to watch. For those men that just, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and they just push their whole head in the water, opposed to those who dip in the water and lap it like a dog would. Now, why is that significant? Because if you ever go to battle and the enemy is around you and you push your head in the water <laughs> and you drink in water, when you get up, head gone. <laughs> right. Do y'all follow that? But the guy who does this is a skilled warrior because he's keeping his eyes, knowing that at any moment the enemy can attack. And I am not going to let the thing that I really want entice me so much that I lose my guard. Oh, and isn't that what happens to believers? God wants to bless you, but the problem is you get enticed by the blessing so much that you lose your guard. Don't lose your guard. Oh my gosh, that was a word right there. If anybody's being blessed right now, that doesn't mean throw yourself all in the blessing. Keep your guard up because at any time. And God thinned this thing down. Look at this, verse 6. To 300 of them drank from the cup of their hands, lapping like dogs. And all the rest got down on their knees. My man Gideon, when he got there, he said, all right, it's going to be like 100. 9,700 men head first in the water. And only 300 men. And God says, that's it. That's who I'm going to use. Gideon is scared out of his mind here. I got 300 men to fight a locust army. But you got to understand something. You plus God is the majority. And it was never the amount of men that he had with him. It was, could you believe that I said you're a mighty warrior when you were in the wine press? 
the minute God declared he was a mighty warrior who would deliver the, the children of Israel, the battle was already won. It didn't matter who showed up after or not. That's just logistics. The battle was won once God showed up. I came to tell somebody today. I came to tell somebody today. Whatever your it is in life, if God is in the mix, it is done. The rest is logistics. And look at this. Look at this. Go on. Go on in the scripture. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions of the trumpets of the others. Now they camped. Uh, now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. I want y'all to pay close attention to this. I'm getting ready to close. So, Gideon, uh, so during the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up. He said, get up. Go down against the camp because I am going to give it to your hand. What I'm going to do, look, if you are afraid to attack, if you still don't believe I'm with you, come. Calls Gideon, 300 men asleep, Midian like locusts low in the valley. He's on the mountaintop. Gideon is, why you call me? Because this is what he said about himself that I didn't even read in the first chapter. He said, first of all, my clan are the least of all the clans. And in my clan, I am the least of the people in the clan. And that's who God says I'm going to make a deliver. And then takes 22,000, then takes another nine plus and leaves him with 300. Gideon is on top of the hill looking down at locusts. And God says, you're a mighty man. How? He says, you scared, son? Get up. Late in the midnight hour. Late in the midnight hour, that fellowship is sweet. Something happens with a believer when he prays in the midnight hour. He wake up different. Weeping may endure for a night. But see, something happens in that nighttime. That when he get up in the morning, he a different beast, Sister Sherry. Oh, gosh. He said, get up. Get up. Come with me. Go down to the camp of your servant, Pura. And listen to what they are saying. Afterwards, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went. So, so Gideon got up and said, hey, Pura. Hey, Pura. Let's go, bro. This guy's dumb. Made their way down rough terrain into the valley. Went all the way, hallelujah, the Bible says, into the uh, eastern, at settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could be no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. He wrestling through all of that. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling his friend his dream. So Gideon finally gets down. After all night, after all night, him and his man is down there. And they tired. And they overhear somebody over saying, yo, bro, I had a dream. This was the dream. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling down the Midianite camp and it struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. And Gideon is listening to this. Barley? Bread? I was on the threshing floor making bread. 
friend responded, bro, this can't be nothing other than the sword. He's over here, shook 300 men up there. And when he gets down to the Midian camp, that the camel is so much that they talking about, I had a dream. We about to catch it. And the guy responded and says, this is Gideon. How is the least in the clan even known among the Midians? God. Imagine your enemy speaks more of you than you do of yourself. And God had to bring him to the enemy so he could hear what the enemy thinks of him. You see, the enemy wants you to think about yourself the way you think about yourself. He don't ever even want you to see you how he sees you. Because he knows you are forced to be reckoned with. And let me tell you, this ain't a you-centric gospel. But any man who gives his heart over to the Lord, God can use you. Look, he said, God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Go on. And when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down. My man is there tired, scared. He hears the dream. And while they're over there talking about the dream, they just see the strange individual worshiping. Gideon don't even got to fight. The battle is over. And let me tell yes, you something. Yes. When you know God has yes, worked it out, yes. you don't wait to worship. You don't wait, hallelujah. You begin to lift your voice and say, God, hallelujah. He worshiped and he returned to the camp of Israel. He said, my man went right back and said, everybody get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into our hands. Let me tell you what happens from there. We're going to jump to the next chapter. I'm going to close. Let me tell you what happens from there. The Bible says that he said, y'all follow me and do exactly as I do. He pulled out a trumpet and he had jars. He said, I want y'all to blow the trumpet and smash the jars. Just blow the trumpet and smash. What kind of battle plan is this? I don't even know if this was God giving him a battle. I don't know. My man, but you see, it didn't matter. At that point, whatever God says, you could blow the whistle and they were going to die. Y'all ain't get what I'm saying. At that point, you could river dance and come down. They were going to die. At that point, you could backflip in there. They're going to die. Because you know why? It's not what you do. It's who he is. It didn't matter what they were going to do. So he started blowing the trumpet. 300 men surround the camp. They blow the trumpet and smash it. And in the enemy's ears, they are so scared of the sword of Gideon, they heard loud sound and they heard smashes. So they think stuff is breaking in the camp. They think warriors among them. They all come out and they start killing one another. They do. You get a, you get a knife. You get a, who what, what? Gideon ain't getting me. My man Gideon then rode into the valley and started chasing the kings of Midian. Then he started calling on the rest of Israel, the rest of tribes. Get him. Get him. Get him, Ephraim. Get him. And he got to call the rest of the tribes. And they drove the Midianites out. But I want to show you how Gideon's life came to an end. And I want you to pay attention. Go to the next chapter. Hallelujah. In chapter 8. You see it? From there he went to Peniel and made the same request of them. 
Oh, go down, go down, go down for me, go down, go down. Go to the last slide. Pass all this, this is the man. I don't got time to preach all that, hallelujah. Go down, hallelujah. So, he's finally done all his accomplishing. Gideon comes back home. And the Israelites said to Gideon, rule over us. It is dangerous when you begin to see the person that God's using as the ruler of your life. You see, not because somebody's good in battle means they're supposed to be your king. Right. Not because somebody can sing in pop culture means they should give you spiritual advice. Not because they could perform an award show means you should give them access into your brain. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'll pull down every altar of Baal up in this place. Call me Jeru Baal. Not because somebody is a politician means they should tell you what is morally right. Not because somebody excels in one area means that you should put them ruler over your life. And I understand Gideon was a mighty man, but this was never God's desire. God was always desiring to rule his people. It was still later that they said, give us a king. God said, fine, y'all stiff-necked people, get a king. But know that you're going to punish because of that king. Look at what Gideon said. They said, rule over us. You, your son, go back. He said, you, your son. Rule and your grandsons because you have saved us, 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 because you can anybody see what's wrong there? I wish I had a church who could point out the flaws and help me. Ah, somebody needs it because you have saved us, because you have saved us, because what was Israel's mistake in the first place? They just don't know how to give God glory. It was God. But now that you've been saved. It wasn't God. It was Gideon. And Gideon is so popular at this time. If he had ever made a mistake, I don't know if we can call this next verse a mistake, but it certainly showed you the heart of Israel that even after God saved them, they wanted idols. Look at this. Because you have saved us from Midian. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord! rules over you but then he said this I do have one request that each of you give me an airing from the share of the plunder that's what they got from the wars the spoils and it was a custom for the Ishmaelites we just be wearing gold earrings <laughs> are you not with me my name is Ishmael y'all the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings go on and they answered we'll be glad to give them so they spread out a garment and each of them threw a ring from his plunder onto it. Go on. And the weight of the gold rings they asked for was 1,700 shekels, not counting the ornaments and pendants and the purple garments worn by the kings and the chains off the camel's necks. This is some serious... Yeah, the camel had, camel had a piece too, bro. Gideon made the gold into an ephod. Now, an ephod is a type of garment. It's like a breastplate. But this was kind of... All his gold... It ain't one that Gideon gonna wear. But I could imagine Gideon being the least of a clan wanted to do something to commemorate what God has done. And so he built this ephod and placed it in where the angel met him. 
right in Oprah, not Oprah, his town. And guess what the people of God did? They worshiped the ephod instead of the God who saved them. Don't ever worship no preacher. Don't ever worship the vessel of God. Honor the vessel. But it is God. And it will always be. They prostitute themselves by worshiping it there. And then it became a snare to Gideon. What are y'all doing worshiping this? And his family. And look at this. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. And during Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace for 40 years. Jerubbabel, son of Joash, went back home to live. Hallelujah. He had 70 of his own sons, for he had many wives and his concubine and all of that stuff. And when you get to the end of it, the Bible says this about them. And we're going to close there for time's sake. That the children of Israel once again joined themselves to Baal. They went right back. Why are you saying this to me today, Pastor Rich? It was only because of God. And whatever it is, you know it's God. But whenever it has been concluded, be careful that you don't conclude and give something else the glory that belongs to God. God brought us through a crazy year last year. God is bringing us and keeping us. I dare not give more worship and time and energy to a job, to a career, to anything else. I am only here because it was God. So I will lift my hands. So I will raise my voice. I am going to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. I wish I had everybody in this room who knew God was the one that brought you. Begin to lift your hands all over this room and worship the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. If you're watching on this broadcast and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, I want you to ask him into your heart. Would you pray with me? Say, Father God, I thank you for being the Lord of my life and forgiving me of every sin. I'm your child. And from today, I am yours. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb and cleanse me from every sin. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a prayer request, put it in the chat room. If you have a prayer request in this room, lift your hands to heaven right now. God is able. Come on. If you believe in God for something, God is able. Whether that desire is a need or a need to be closer to God. Because sometimes all our needs are not physical. They can be spiritual too. God, we want to be drawn closer to you and transformed. Whatever that need is, Father, every hand's raised. Maybe it's a situation at home. Maybe it's a family problem. Maybe it's something going on, and you want God to change it. God can change it. God, we don't want to live in wine presses, threading, threshing grain. We don't want to receive our blessings in a weird place. 
God, I pray that your people will see that if you be for us, you're more than anything that is coming against us. Whether it's cancer, diabetes, corona, uncertainty, suicide, I call you out in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. Loneliness, bad thinking, whatever the root cause is, I bind it in the name of Jesus. I pray for loved ones that are not saved. I pray that salvation would come into your homes. I pray that God would save your children. I pray that God would set them on fire. God set our children on fire. Set our families on fire. The devil can't have them. God set our houses on fire for you. Not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Break every yoke in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Give Jesus a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to say to everybody watching, we thank you for tuning in with us today. And we love y'all. Please, um, those of you who are in the house and those of you that are watching at home, all that you saw we did for the children, we invested tons of money just to show them we love them. We've got a desire to get another building going. We've got a desire to do so many other things. I want to do over that whole backyard yesterday after we did that. We said we just want to make that so nice for our children so that when they come to the house, they have a place to play. Those of you who are back for the first time, you see what we're doing here. It's brand new, but the anointing of God is in this room. Amen. And we're going to do more. We've got things coming up on the horizon, amen, um, that you will watch and see the announcements. We want to do more for the community. I tell you, God is just birthing so many ideas. We are only able to do this. We pour into you, and we hope and believe, God, that you will pour back into us through your giving, through your offerings and your tithes. And I just thank God for everyone who's been faithful in their giving. And I want to thank everybody online who's been faithful. If you've watched this today and it's blessed you in any way and you want to partner with our ministry, you can do so. All the methods will be placed on your screen. Likewise here, if you want to do so, you can uh, be a blessing to our ministry by any of those methods. Amen. Or if you conventionally give, make sure you see one of the ushers. Cash App Church City USA, Church City USA at gmail.com, or go to our website and give and support what we're doing. Also, we got all them fly t-shirts ready for you for summertime. Yesterday, I know I needed a t-shirt. I still had on a sweat. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? You moving like Gideon out here. Hallelujah. But all these wonderful t-shirts that you see on the screen, the God first, the king, all this stuff, amen. They're also available there. Um uh, those were the Mother Day special. You had to be in the house to get those. Amen. But uh, they're all here. And um, so make sure you make a purchase. It all goes back to help us grow what we're doing here. Thank you all for watching. Y'all help me end this broadcast out. In the midst of crisis, we are focused on who Christ is. God bless y'all. Thank you all for watching. Please stay seated in the building. God bless y'all.